Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of Basically Gen Z. I'm Ellie. I'm Katie. And this episode is going to be all about food, diet, food culture, and different diets in different countries. And the first topic we're going to go through is influencer culture and diets. One of the main influencer, food influencer, that I personally was infatuated with when I was a year younger and a lot more believing of people on the internet. Um, okay. <laughs> I was just telling Ellie about this um, because I was following this girl. Her name is Michaela Peterson. I'm sure a lot of people know about her, but she was on the Joe Rogan podcast back in like 2018. But I watched the podcast when I was when in like 2020, like 20 late 2019, 2020. Um, and then her diet that she was championing was the Lion Diet, in which her diet she eliminated everything um, from her diet except for ruminant meat which is beef lamb goat and with that she had salt and water so she ate nothing except meat and then salt and water and nothing else yeah she yeah yeah yeah. she was saying that for a while she was like introducing i guess like lettuce and um like i think apples Mm-hmm. And then her body reacted to it really poorly. So then she got like immediately back on the, like the just meat diet. Mm-hmm. And okay. um, I guess she's a little bit different from like your typical everyday person in that she grew up with like um, a lot of autoimmune problems. Like she had juvenile arthritis, um, severe depression and chronic fatigue um, since she was a child. And then she was able to solve a lot of those um, I guess health problems with this diet and that made me want to try it out because although I don't have any like autoimmune problems that I know of um, like I was tired all the time I did mm-hmm. go through like some periods of like I guess mood instability but I was reading like all these blogs and they all said that or most of them said that it really helped them with like their cognitive and their like emotional functions and I decided to try this Um, diet out when I was living on my own and so for like two weeks for two weeks I went from eating like anything that I wanted which was you know like I I ate a fair amount of vegetables like before this diet like I my normal diet was like like fruit like bananas apples um a lot of cooked vegetables and then I also Mm -hmm. ate a lot of like meat as well and then I I don't drink milk usually, but at that time, I think I was still eating stuff like ice cream. Like I was still eating dairy products like cheese and everything like that. So I ate like a everything diet and then I moved on to this like just meat diet just to try it out to see if it worked for me. And mm-hmm. I will say that for the most part, like at least in the very, very beginning, I was a lot less tired than I used to be. And because oh, okay. it was like meat, like... I bought pretty good like meat for myself. <laughs> as okay. weird as that like sounds, like high quality meat. <laughs> yeah, as weird as that sounds, because I wasn't buying any other food. Like, say, if I was buying other groceries, my grocery bill would be like I don't know forty, fifty dollars. But because mm-hmm. I wasn't buying anything else, I was able to like put this all of this money into like higher quality meat than I would have if I were eating other things. So. Mm-hmm. 
I will say that it kept me, it did keep me full. And at this time, I was also trying that like intermittent fasting thing. So it did keep me full. And um, I was eating less for less hours of the day. However, by the end of that two week ish period, I discovered that um, I guess my intestines aren't meant for digesting just meat. Um, Without I guess vegetable fiber. Okay, so another way to phrase it, another way to phrase it is that uh, the it wasn't too great for your digestive system. <laughs> it, it was not. Um, <laughs> I discovered that to move things throughout my digestive system, I needed at least some sort of plant fiber, and I will leave it mm-hmm. at that. And that's when okay. I decided to move back to eating. Um, like vegetables and like bananas okay. and things like that because um yeah that was not a fun time mm-hmm. however we have on the other side of this um I guess diet culture influence type situation on social media um on the other side of this we have a lot of um I guess vegan influencers there's a lot on YouTube um, there's a girl named Hale Burns um, that makes vegan recipes on TikTok, and a lot of it looks really yummy and great. However, there is also like the, I don't know if you've heard about her, but that vegan teacher. No, I'm not too familiar. Well, she's um, she was popular on TikTok. Um, mostly, I don't think it was because of her content. I think it was because of people reacting her, reacting to her and um, mm-hmm. stitching her videos. Um, I remember I saw the first videos that I saw of her were her playing the ukulele under a McDonald's sign. And then she's saying, um, like, stop hurting animals, McDonald's. And, like, it was a full, like, almost, like, 40-second length song. But um, she kind of just stirred a lot of controversy in her comparisons of animal agriculture and coming out as vegan, um, she compared animal agriculture to like the Holocaust. And then um, she kind of said things like coming out as vegan is more special than coming out as LGBTQ. Um, wow. Yeah, she said a lot of things that were like super against the community guidelines on TikTok. So they mm-hmm. banned her account, even though she had like millions of followers, I think. I also remember she had this song to Gordon Ramsay encouraging him to go vegan and he totally like blew like just um reacted to it by I think taking a bite out of a hamburger and then I was just like oh my gosh (laughs) wow but yeah so the title of our episode is enough vegetables let's get to the meat (laughs) of the issue so what so Katie what is the meat of the issue (laughs) all right um I would say that the meat of the issue like the diet issue that we have now and the diet culture issue that we have right now it's not like, oh, plant-based diet versus meat-based diet. I think the meat of the issue is um, the refined sugar, artificial additives, and the um, insane processing that some of our foods go through before they reach our mm-hmm. plate. I think that is the meat of the issue. But people on social media will have you think it's like a plant versus animal type problem when it's um, just like a processing or like additive type problem mm-hmm. yeah and also speaking of refined sugar i thought of like how 
breakfast in the U.S. and breakfast in other countries are so different. So I remember seeing a video that compares like why in the U.S. we're eating dessert for breakfast and <laughs> <laughs> like yeah we are. I mean not all of us but, but a lot of the mainstream breakfast that items I can see in the markets they are loaded with sugar and they're super like highly processed and I know in some countries they do have like sweet pastries as part of their traditional breakfasts, but then in the U.S. we have like the traditional, I wouldn't say traditional, but the, the most iconic, or, yeah, iconic American breakfast that you can think of would be, let's say, something that you can get from a diner that, let's say a diner breakfast that consists of eggs, bacon or sausage, potatoes or french fries or something, or even tater tots. A toast and coffee mm -hmm. but then on the other hand we can think of box cereals so Oof. like anything from frosted flakes fruit loops and oh my gosh remember and i think in elementary school or when we were younger pop tarts are also pretty popular yeah i will say that i bought a lot of pop tarts when i was in elementary school and it's not like they were cheap either. They were like two dollars. Yeah, I know, right? Two dollars yeah, for a single from, pop tart from the vending machine. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I ate it as yeah. breakfast too. Like, um, I remember oh, my did? favorite oh. was, um, well, okay, I ate it as a second breakfast. Like, I ate breakfast at home, mm. and then yeah, like yeah. in between, like the first and second period, I would go to the during like passing time. I would go to the vending machine and get myself like either a strawberry or a cinnamon sugar one mm, yeah they had those two i think those are the the two that they sold in the vending machines at our school and so <laughs> <laughs> so things like toasted pastries like when i first saw the pop tarts mm -hmm. i didn't think they were breakfast items i thought they were just snacks or <laughs> Like, just, yeah, just snacks. And even pancakes. So pancakes or waffles you would see in the IHOP commercials. Mm -hmm. They're all drizzled with loads of maple syrup, uh, whipped cream, and butter. Mm -hmm. And even, like, glazed cinnamon buns. Oh, my gosh. Even donuts. Like, donuts are, they're literally fried cakes dipped in sugar. I know, right? How is that? How Like, eating cake for dessert. I mean, for breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, even, like, saying eating cake... For breakfast doesn't come naturally to you. You oh, you said eating yeah. cake for dessert. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, oh, I want to say, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, something just came into my mind. Like when you see French people eating, I'd say like croissants or like mm -hmm. pain au chocolats for breakfast. Yeah. It's like one tiny little croissant. Or like one yeah. tiny little square of that like chocolate croissant thing. Yes, yes. But when you when you see like Americans eating it, the portion sizes like when you see like IHOP commercials or if you go to like a regular IHOP, the portion sizes of everything is just so much bigger and so much more sugar and syrup. Yeah, it's a lot more sugar and a lot more fat and butter and all that. So. That's like the main difference in why American breakfasts are so unhealthy. Yeah. And in schools, it's like the only thing offered. Like the, mm -hmm. um, what's it called? The cere the tiny cereal packets yeah, and yeah. the Pop-Tarts. There is no other alternative. And also muffins. Muffins are also, have, well, some of them have a lot of sugar. 
Okay, muffins are cupcakes without the frosting, especially chocolate chip muffins. <laughs> okay, yeah, you know, it's true. <laughs> That's true. Um, yeah, I remember when I was confused at what why a muffin is called a muffin when it's like in my because head. Because it gives you a muffin top. Is that what? Is that why? I, I don't know. know. I don't know either. I I didn't understand. Um, as a English learner at that time. I did not understand why the moment you put frosting on like a muffin looking thing, it becomes a cupcake. But when there's no frosting, mm-hmm. it's only a muffin. And I was just so confused. Okay. Um. Oh, okay, wait, wait. Backtrack. <laughs> muffins, they, it's not called muffins because they give you muffin tops. Why? It's the other way around. Muffin tops, it's the shape of it looks like a muffin, which is why it's called a muffin top. Okay, okay, we're getting off track, but <laughs> so we were talking about the different eating habits in the U.S. versus other countries. So I could think of an example. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's say in the movie Inside Out, like the animated movie by Pixar. Yes, they had different versions for the U.S. and the U.K. And then they had to uh, like make make edits to a scene for the Japanese market because I know in the American and the British edition of the movie, the main character called Riley. So when she was a baby, there's a scene where she's eating dinner and she's like throwing tantrums of not wanting to eat broccoli Mm -hmm. because she finds that broccoli is super disgusting and like just gross. Mm -hmm. But then in Japan, a lot of like the kids in Japan, they really like their vegetables. So when they see like broccoli, they were just like, oh, they love it. And so Pixar had to replace the scene so they had to replace the broccoli with green bell peppers in order to like kind of make the kids understand why the the baby in the movie was like throwing such uh such a tantrum because they found green bell peppers to be disgusting oh oh i didn't know that hmm also i didn't know that um broccoli was so unpopular in i know i was like wait Exactly. So at home, I wouldn't find any vegetables to be that disgusting mm-hmm. besides Brussels sprouts. But then uh, I would see on TV and in media, people would hate broccoli. And I wouldn't understand why. Like, is it that bad? <laughs> well, maybe it's the way they cook it, probably. Um, oh, yeah. I think Brussels sprouts, not Brussels sprouts, broccoli, um, depending on how you cook it, the result, the like resulting product is very different. Welcome back, and this section is going to be about recent changes that we've observed in food available at supermarkets and the different marketing for these types of food due to diet culture influences or dieting trends. And so we've noticed a lot of the younger generations and also uh, with the rise of influencers who are going either vegetarian or a lower like less meat diet or even vegan so we've seen a lot of companies go with so as they're going vegan they would uh, not buy any dairy products or consume any dairy products so there are many alternatives such as oat milk almond milk and soy milk and speaking it's quite it's not really relevant but i just wanted to mention that oatly one of the companies that sells oat milk they recently went public and so that maybe that's because over these years their con- their company has grown like so much especially with Starbucks adopting or um using oatly as their main oat milk in their in their in their company i guess in their company to make their drinks yeah so then oatly is uh, growing a lot which is why they're going public 
but also I remember on like uh, the ICU banners and even sometimes on public transportation, they would have the signs that say, they have super weird signs, but then it's always attracts a lot of attention because it is like the, their advertisement banners is very, um, it's very unique. Like when you, it draws attention and it just says like, oh, this is an Oatly ad and you just look at it. Just, there's nothing really special, but it just makes you want to look at it. Mm, I like their aesthetic, the comp, the, yeah, yeah. the bottles and everything just look really nice. Do you drink any dairy or dairy alternatives? Mm, I'm lactose intolerant, so I used to drink almond milk. But ever since they came out with lactose-free, like regular cow's milk, I've never mm-hmm. gone back to almond milk or soy milk or like oat milk or any of those things because I just like mm, the texture of cow's milk better. It was just the lactose in it that didn't that wasn't agreeing with me. But ever since they came out with um, lactose-free milk, that's that's been all that I drink in the in the milk air in the milk um realm. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay, what about you? for me, for me, I haven't drank like actual dairy milk in a long time but it's not because i'm lactose it's because i don't know we just we just somehow switched to soy milk and then we switched to almond milk and then sometimes when oat milk is on special we get it <laughs> but i i would say i prefer the taste of almond milk the most compared to soy milk and oat milk mm. yeah i like the nut like i like the nut nutty flavor of almond milk it's just all mm. the different like additives they put in i know some That's soy true. milk don't yeah, have yeah. like i mean i know some like nut nut milks or oat milks don't have like the additives like the trader joe the trader joe's one with the oat milk it's literally just hydrolyzed oats and water and then it's the way they make it that gives it the texture and the natural sweetness without them adding in any sugar or like thickeners but it's i just don't like the aftertaste of like whatever thickener they put in um, the nut milks. Whereas the cow's milk, it's literally just the cow's milk and they don't put anything yeah, else yeah. in there. But um, I just don't enjoy the texture of a nut milk that has been thickened and with things added to it. And I can't just keep going to Trader Joe's just for the oat milk. But I will say out of all the oat milks out there, like Oatly, Khalifa Farms, whatever, I think- Chobani. Chobani yeah, Chobani. I think the Trader Joe's, um, oat milk with the hydrolyzed oats is the best one in terms of flavor and ingredient list. I really like that yeah. one. Because I saw in a video on YouTube, someone was reviewing different brands of oat milk and she liked Chobani oat the most. Mm. And I tried it. Chobani oat is pretty good. Well, I've never tried Chobani oat. I haven't tried it yet. I've only tried Oatly, mm. Khalifa, Khalifa Farms. Um, there's another one. And for almond milk, I've tried like almond breeze. Oh, silk. Oh, silk, yeah, silk. silk, silk too, silk. Um, yeah, just like the, you know, your generic supermarket type, like the things that you can get yeah. at Bonds. I've tried like almost every yeah, one yeah. of those. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah. And Trader Joe's also has a pretty, I haven't tried it in a long time, but I tried it once. It was called the Lavender Blueberry Almond Milk. Mm-hmm. That was okay, but I feel like it was a bit too sweet. Mm, I haven't tried that yet. Why is this turning into a um, like almost an advertisement for Trader Joe's? I don't know. Okay, this is okay. Yeah. Trader Joe's has nice food. Yeah, but... they do. Okay, let's continue. Let's talk about the phenomenon of um, companies creating, like I guess, imitation 
food for like dairy, for meat, for eggs, because we just talked about、mm. like imitation cow's milk, which is like you know nut milk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there's there's that Beyond Meat company that's making, I guess, beef that is just purely plant based, but you know it's、oh, got the texture. Yeah. Oh, have you ever tried that Impossible Burger? Have you tried it yet? The one from I have not. I think Burger King has it. Um, and I think also. I try. I tried it at、um, Cheesecake Factory. They.、Oh, how was it? It tasted kind of dry. Like it had all the it had the texture of meat, but it doesn't have the net like the flavor of like cow's fat.、Mm, okay. You know when you bite into a burger or like an In and Out burger, like part of the flavor comes from like the the fatty part of the meat, like from the oils,、yeah. the fat. Um, it it、mm. was just lacking a little bit in that department. Other than that, it was、mm. okay, and the texture was okay too.、Um, however, I I do have a like a habit of ordering my meat well done, and then I forgot that like the Impossible Burger, it's not actual meat, so I didn't have to worry about like parasites or whatever. But I ordered it well done anyways, and maybe I shouldn't have done that, but. Yeah, it was just lacking a little bit, but I will say it's a very, very close substitute.、Mm. What do you think about lab-grown meat? I don't. Okay, I don't know what I think about it yet. But imagine, <laughs> um, imagine if these things, this, these like technologies were like, um, if these technologies were widely available in like our parents' generation or like our like grandparents' generation in Asia. Because I know a lot of people,、um, like some of them didn't grow up on enough like meat to eat. Like they had vegetables, but、mm-hmm. um, I remember、yeah. my dad told because he went to boarding school, so he told me that they had like meat only like twice a week. And all the like teenage boys, they were like very lacking in like the protein department because they had meat twice a week, and everything else was just like rice and cabbage. So like imagine if all these technologies were available. And like people did grow meat in labs, and they could like harvest it or not harvest it, but like、um, be able to get it out and to people that needed it. Yeah, but it takes out so long to grow one piece of patty. Yeah. Okay. Um. I don't know. Something about lab-grown meat just doesn't sit right with me. I don't. I don't know how where to put my finger on it. But something about lab-grown meat or eating, like consuming lab-grown meat, just does not sit right with me. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yeah, we can also talk about the、um, egg yolks that are made from yellow tomatoes. Yeah, Katie told me about it, but I never heard of it before. Yeah, it's this restaurant in、um, it's this restaurant called Crossroads Kitchen in LA. It's a vegan restaurant, and they make vegan eggs that are almost exactly like they. Burst like the vegan the egg yolks they burst exactly like a normal egg yolk and they have the same like yellow like bright yellow color like、um, from what I've seen on TikTok and on YouTube it's literally just、um, whipped yellow tomatoes but、um, somehow they make it look like an egg yolk and they're made from just tomatoes I'm sure they added other things to it but the main ingredient is like yellow tomatoes. And then they're like in this, I think, shell that they made out of like some type of 
um, thing that creates a film. So then it doesn't mm-hmm. burst. Like you can kind of like hold it in a spoon so it won't burst. But once you like burst it, it runs just like a um, sunny side up egg yolk or like a cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Like how you can actually use tomatoes to mimic that same texture. And I feel like with the film, they probably use some kind of maybe seaweed to make that thin film mm-hmm. or i feel like that would be the same texture or like that agar agar scene agar agar i don't know how to oh say yeah, yeah, agar, yeah, agar, yeah. Agar, agar yeah agar agar i think it's agar something like that <laughs> yeah something okay. like that and i guess we could talk about the popularity of artificial sweeteners like saccharin i can't pronounce half of these but like saccharin um aspartame and like sucralose mm-hmm. and just the trend of creating, I guess, man-made alternatives to things that are supposedly bad bad for you. But um, like recent studies are showing that like these artificial sweeteners aren't better for you either. Like there are some studies saying that some people could have food sensitivities to these artificial sweeteners um, or that these artificial sweeteners could alter your um, gut microbiome or like the way you taste things but I was thinking about this the other day and I realized or not I didn't realize it but I was thinking about how um, excessive sugar intake can have the same effect where it changes your gut microbiome and like feeds the sugar craving bacteria and then like those multiply and then they send more signals to your body to intake more sugar and it's like that cycle um, so, you know, both are bad. Yeah. And also with artificial, artificial sweeteners, mm-hmm. their aftertaste is disgusting. So bad. Um, <laughs> the other day I ordered, okay, backstory is I order a lot of Chick-fil-A and I always get the half unsweetened tea mixed with the regular lemonade. So when you mix it mm-hmm. together, it just tastes like a sweet lemon iced tea, but they must have mixed the diet tea or the um, diet lemonade with my like regular tea slash lemonade combo because when when I tasted it it tasted like the aftertaste it was so distinct I knew right away I was like oh my gosh um I can't stand this yeah and also I've tried some uh, I think they're called like chocolate yogurt bites Mm -hmm. that are made with stevia Mm -hmm. and after eating them the aftertaste is just lingers in your mouth for a very long time (gasps) oh Ooh. And it's not pleasant. Speaking of stevia, um, they had Yakult, the the blue Yakult. That one's sweetened with stevia, and then I tried that. What? Oh wow! The blue one, yeah, yeah, yeah. The blue one, and that's and they wrote like sweetened with stevia, and that was also part of their marketing because it, um, uh-huh. regular red red Yakult that's sweetened with like regular sugar, and yeah. that one's um, I guess twice the amount of calories as the light stevia, which is in the blue bottle. And it that one's sweetened with stevia. Mm. How was it? It's not. It's not. Um, without the sugar, the body of the liquid, like when you drink it, the texture, and then the body of the liquid, um, it's not the same as the original. So it's much thinner than the original. And when you taste it, it has the taste. You can taste the Yakult taste, and you can smell the Yakult yeah. smell. But when you drink it, the thinness and um, the lack of body to it, and it makes it taste like a very shallow drink whereas regular Yakult when you drink it it's like a very satisfying um like thin enough but also thick enough yogurt drink 
for the stevia it just that's the light one it just tastes like very very thinned out yoko original but with the artificial sugar aftertaste oh gosh yeah <laughs> yeah i hope i explained that um good enough but you gotta just you gotta try it for yourself it's the difference if somebody blinded um blindfolded me or yeah if, if somebody blindfolded me and handed me two yoko bottles and had me figure out which one was the stevia one and which one is the original um there's like no um confusion between the original and the the stevia one because it's just mm. they taste so different but you can <laughs> still tell like what they're going for but they, they just okay. they taste so different okay i see and also we were talking about how artificial sweeteners can also lead to food sensitivities mm-hmm. um i feel like with back in like the older generations people are less prone to allergies than than now mm-hmm. maybe it's something maybe it's not true but i that's what i've noticed like a lot of people back then they were not as maybe knowledgeable or as notice they don't notice allergies that much or they're not as prevalent i guess yeah i feel like my, my at least my parents generation like my parent like both my parents they're not allergic to anything and they don't know a lot of people that are allergic to anything but i feel like for us like we all know somebody that's allergic to something or we're allergic to something ourselves mm-hmm. yeah because i know someone who's allergic to apples and pears <laughs> <laughs> so that's a great excuse like if you don't want to eat fruits or apple to say like well, i mean he is actually allergic but then people do you people don't usually think that you're allergic to a fruit mm-hmm. like i've never heard of anyone else who's allergic to apples but he is mm-hmm. and someone who's allergic to chili or more specifically capsaicin and someone who is allergic to a lot of things i think he's allergic to gluten chocolate uh nuts all kinds of nuts peanuts and something else so like i remember when uh we had a potluck he always had to go first to get all the food Mm -hmm. to reduce like contamination what wow yeah um, I know somebody that's allergic to grass, but he played soccer. So, <laughs> wow. like, whenever he fell or whenever if somebody kicked up the grass and then the grass touched his, um, touched his, like, legs or whatever. Skin. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. touched his skin. It would just, uh, I guess, you could see the rash in the hives. It was not pretty, but um, it was also kind of ironic because he played soccer. Yeah, I know that's. <laughs> Like how you're, wait, when he plays soccer, then does he have like a lot of a more protective, like apparel? No, he just protective wears skin. like short, he, he just wears shorts and like long socks. But I guess he, um, it was just so hard to fight against that like he just stopped and he just dealt with the itchiness okay. and the, oh, wow. yeah, sometimes you can see the scratches on his legs and it's like, oh my gosh. Going on with the man-made alternatives train. I have one story to share about my experience with dairy-free ice cream, which I decided to try out because I am lactose intolerant. And what I, I guess, found out for myself from that experience is that um, instead of cream or instead of milk, a lot of like companies, they put gums such as um, gorgum, locust bean gum, um, soy lysin, or um, xanthan gum to thicken up their products and um, when I ate the dairy-free ice cream I'm not gonna say the brand but when I ate the dairy-free ice cream um, whatever was in that like all the gums that they put in there it had 
a worse reaction in my stomach than um, the nat- like the normal um, lactose ice cream did. Um, wow. Yeah. It was it was some kind of an almond one too. It was like they, it was made out of almond milk, and then they put all those thickeners because you know how almond milk is just like almond, um, like ground up almonds mixed with water. So when it freezes, yeah. it doesn't it's it doesn't have a creamy texture. So to thicken it up, they put all the gums in it. So when it freezes, it doesn't freeze like hard. It just freezes into like a creamier texture. And the texture was fine, but I will say that the aftertaste of all those gums was just not good. Uh, but it was vegan. It was vegan. It was dairy free. But um, I can't see how eating that long term would like be any healthier than you know just eating regular ice cream um, that won't irritate your. St- or maybe my stomach is sensitive, but I just I something about the all the gums did not agree with me. Mm-hmm. And also speaking of products with let's say like dairy-free gluten-free nut-free vegan and so (laughs) one time i was also at a market and i picked up a box of let's say gluten-free nut-free what else nut-free uh Mm dairy-free and some something else that's free um cookies Mm -hmm. and i looked at the ingredients it's like how do you make chocolate chip cookies with none of those ingredients and I looked, it was like a lot of chemicals. Yeah, or tapioca starch. I saw a pizza crust. Yeah. Um, or it's a frozen pizza at Vons. And it was like gluten-free, like like soy-free, everything free. Yeah, yeah, soy-free. And then oh, yeah. what, they, what they made the crust out of was like tapioca starch. And it was like chewy. It was like a big, mm. it was like a big like boba crust type texture. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. I can imagine that. Because there are some uh, dishes out there with that are traditionally made with tapioca starch, mm-hmm. and I can get that texture in my head. Yeah, but imagine like with pizza though, and like everything. Oh, I don't know. I can't. <laughs> I can't wrap my head around it sometimes. Okay, so we were talking about the different diets, mm-hmm. especially the lion diet, vegan diet, and there's also the keto diet. So one time, my parents and I we went out to lunch with our with our old neighbors, and then. And then so one person, so one of the neighbors, he was on the keto diet. And so we were like sharing like a, a whole meal set. And then he asked us to leave him the, like the fat, pieces of fat. Like just leave him like any type of fat. And then I, so we were wondering why. So then, and then, um, so we had a whole plate of fat, like just pieces of random fat. Okay. And from the chicken and um, he would just gobble down fat pieces of chicken and we were just very amazed and very shocked because those were like huge chunks of fat and it was just <laughs> and, fat yeah and it was just fat so to explain why that happened so he was on the ketogenic diet which is essentially a low carb high fat diet and uh the point is that you're supposed to reduce your carb intake and also and replace it mostly with fat and because so by reducing the carbohydrates that you intake into your body your body is put into a state of ketosis, which shifts the body's metabolism from burning carbs for energy towards burning fat and ketones to supply energy to your brain. And so sometimes for like health issues and just maybe to like lose to lose weight or to become like for some health reasons, uh, a, key, a keto diet helps lower blood sugar and also insulin level. 
So I, this person, like my, my neighbor, mm -hmm. he was very excited and very passionate about the keto diet. And like, he was, he was like, oh, my blood sugar is at this level and my cholesterol is at this level. And so he's very proud of it. Oh so you're kind of like, oh, interesting. Wow. I think that's really similar to that intermittent fasting um, diet where I, um, the, the main point was also to, I guess, like lower your insulin, val um, insulin level so you can start um, burning your, the fat. And so your fat cells can start releasing the stored sugar um, because the intermittent fasting, it's not really a diet, but the intermittent fasting technique, it, um, you're basically kind of not starving yourself, but basically holding off on food until your insulin levels drop. And then your body can start burning your burning energy that is stored in your body. And, um, there are some, it's not like certain, but there's some studies that say it improves the metabolism, lowers your blood sugar, makes you have less inflammation. Um, mm -hmm. and it helps like clear out your toxins and just makes you like feel less tired overall and like increases like mental sharpness. Didn't you say you were, you tried the intermittent fasting with the lion diet? Yeah, I did. Um, this is when I was... So, oh, maybe I should try it with just like normal food, but I tried it with the line diet. Um, and I think the line diet and intermittent fasting, um, as long as like, as, as well as like the keto, like eating more fat, those, like all of them, they go really well together because the fat, it keeps you full and the protein from the meat also keeps you full. And there's like li very little sugar in meat. So it also stops you from craving a lot of sugar, which is like part of the reason why we get hungry because we need like our, the sugar or the carbohydrate fix. Um, I think like all three of those go really, really well together as long as you are able to digest everything and pass it out of your body in a, in a efficient manner is what I will leave that at. But um, yeah, it worked pretty well with the um, meat diet because like I said, I wasn't very hungry because I wasn't taking in a lot of sugar. And then the fat, it kept me, the fat from the meat, it kept me full for a longer period of time. And I was just not craving as much food as I used to. So it made it easier to wake up and not think about food as my very first thought. Uh, well, how did you cook your, your meals during the line diet? Uh, I did the easiest way to do it. Um, if you don't want to use a lot of equipment, it's to just like, um, take out your steak or whatever you're cooking and you like salt and pepper it on both sides and then you can put it in the air fryer and depending on the thickness mm -hmm. of your meat you know you just air fry it at whatever degree and then you let it cool and then you um, take it out and you cut it up and that's like the easiest way like all you need to wash all you need to wash is the air fryer that's it you don't need to wash a pan mm -hmm. and then like there's no sizzling so you don't need to like wipe down anything like you don't need to wipe down the stove um you don't really need to watch the meat cook. What, like uh -huh. if you're pan frying it, like if you're to pan fry a steak, you kind of have to like watch it and make sure it doesn't burn. But once you like put it in the air fryer, you can kind of set the timer to to the minutes, like depending on how much you're cooking. And then you like flip it halfway through and then like you're all good. But yeah, um, that is like the easiest way to do it that I've discovered. It's like the easiest and less the least... Um, like high commitment because you just put it in press buttons you can go do other stuff just check on it and make sure it doesn't like burn or dry out 
Yeah. <laughs> and then afterwards, oh, a big part of maybe not the line diet, but part of the keto diet was also butter. Um, and then, yeah, butter, if it, okay. if say your meat doesn't have enough like fat in it to keep it moist, you could also like when it comes out, you can also like baste it in butter. But most people, I think people usually use that for the um, pan fry technique or the cast iron technique where at the end they baste it in butter. But you can also just put a little bit of butter on both sides at the end. Like it complements the beef flavor really well. I'm hungry now. <laughs> I know. I know. Me too. Like talking about this and thinking about this makes me want to eat. Well, speaking of hunger and dieting, I think what I've taken from my experimental dieting. Oh, and I also did try to go vegan once. Um, I was just hungry all the time because salads just didn't ah, fill me okay. up. Yeah. But, you know, that story, that story is kind of boring. It was just me being hungry and, like, wanting to snack. And then um, <laughs> also, like, baked goods, like like muffins or, like, yeah, a lot of goods oh, yeah. that have – You can't eat a lot of those. Yeah, or, like, butter, milk – eggs no, or like bread bread like some breads are vegan like breads that don't have um eggs and stuff in it like a lot there's a lot of yeah. like unhealthy things that are vegan or like vegan brownies like i was just it was just uh-huh. me eating a bunch of things that are really high in like carbo like carbs or like pasta like vegan pasta like it was just pasta and like tomato sauce and like some uh-huh. um what is it called like activate something yeast like activated yeast oh nutritional nutritional yeast yeah nutritional yeah yeast. it was just yeah. like that kind of stuff and although it was vegan it was just not good for me because it was so high in carbs and like sugar and like obviously like carbs and sugar are vegan but it was just not good for me anyways but what i've taken from all of this is that you know no matter what you know plant-based or meat-based diet i'm on I think the less processed it is, the better. So I've been trying to get better about that, but I still end up eating at like, say, Chick-fil-A or um, not very good for me restaurants. Like what would be your ideal diet? Like probably a lot of grass-fed meat, but I would eat apples and bananas and like I would eat fruits as well. And then also vegetables like carrots and stuff like that, like a lot of cooked vegetables. Like, I want, yeah. like, it's just, like, the healthiest diet, I think, for me, if, like, taste and effort in cooking were not a factor, it would probably be, <laughs> like, grass-fed meat, um, okay. steamed vegetables, and then, like, a lot of, like, raw fruit. And occasionally, like, chocolate and whatever here and there. But it would be, like, a lot of meat, cooked vegetables, and raw fruit. Mm. Chocolate. What kind of chocolate do you like? I like darker chocolate, but sometimes milk chocolate. Sometimes I have cravings for milk chocolate, but I don't like white chocolate. Same. White chocolate is so bad. I can't. I think the best would be, I like 75% cocoa dark chocolate. Or I think maybe not 75, 80%, 80%. 75 is also good, but 80 is like No, 80. Amazing. No, 80 doesn't melt in my mouth when I chew it. Okay, yeah, that's true though, yeah. Okay, have you tried 90%? That, I can't even bite into it. It's like, that thing's like hard as a rock. It's so hard. and it, That's what she like, said. I tried eating it with ice cream, and it was like, oh no, my god, No, you can't, so you can't hard. eat, like, hard, you can't eat, um like, high percentage cacao things with ice cream, because it's just going to make it harder. Yeah, I know, but then, it was like, 
it was not together. I had it separately, mm-hmm. but like one spoon of ice cream and another spoon of dark chocolate. Yeah. Um, I think with ice cream, the best chocolate to have with it is probably like the highest one it would probably be like 75%. I can't stand 80%. Yeah, that's just too too much um too much bitterness. I understand it's better for you, like ninety percent or like high high eighties percent. Like eighty eight percent is so good for you, but I just I can't stand, um, mm. I can't stand the no sugar. Well, I would say if I would eat just like chocolate plain, I prefer eighty percent. But then we're talking about ideal diet. Then my ideal diet would probably be. Uh, mainly pescatarian diet, so a lot of fish, oh. a lot of cooked vegetables, stir-fried vegetables, steamed vegetables, fruit. I don't like bananas, so <gasps> oh, apples. Berries. I didn't know you liked fish. Berries. <laughs> what you didn't? What I didn't know. What did you, you think I didn't like um, or like? I thought you were. To me, you you're like a tofu person. <laughs> like when I think of I, I think okay. of you eating like the like fried tofu. Like the pan, like the tofu strips, like the pan fried, like the Asian pan fried tofu strips with celery, like that kind. Huh, okay. <laughs> hmm, okay. That's, that's the first. <laughs> I've never heard that before, but <laughs> I like fish, yeah. And I, I like tofu, but not necessarily like the fried bean curd with celery because mm. i feel like that's a bit too oily um, oh yes and and diets are low in oil and salt no msg yeah, i don't like salty things. what about msg no msg oh, okay. me neither no yeah MSG. i don't like msg um and we're gonna end this episode off on my review of the recent bts x mcdonald's collaboration um for those that don't know but i think most of the people know about this it's a McDonald's meal with the BTS logo. Yeah, uh, there's a the meal itself comes in a paper bag with a logo, um, a purple logo and everything. And it, it's a 10-piece chicken nuggets and one medium fries with one fountain drink of your choice meal. And then the special part is that it comes with two sauces for the chicken nuggets. There's the Cajun sauce, which is what I would describe to be like a spicy-ish mustard creamy mustard like a spicy creamy Mm. mustard type sauce and then the hot and sour like it's a sweet and sour but also a little spicy sauce those are the two sauces for the um tempeh chicken nuggets and my review of it as i was telling ellie my review of it is that the chicken nuggets you know they're your normal mcdonald's chicken nuggets the sauces i don't think they give you enough sauce for 10 chicken nuggets because the sauces they're like the 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 tiny little squares yeah um i think they should at least have given me at like two sauce packets for each if that makes sense yeah yeah at least two um two cajun and then two sweet and sour for the 10 piece chicken nuggets because at the end i was scraping the sauce (laughs) but the sauces themselves are really good but they are a little bit too spicy Mm, okay and then of course the fries they're your standard McDonald's fries. Um, very good. I would give them a 10 out of 10. Okay. But it's not because it's a BTS fries thing. Um, it's because, you know, McDonald's fries are like my favorite. Okay. And the sauces, I would give the Cajun. I like the Cajun sauce more than the sweet and sour sauce. So I would give the Cajun sauce like a 9 out of 10. 
only because at the end it got a little too spicy and for the sweet and sour sauce i think it's a little too sweet so i would get that an eight out of ten but they're both pretty good what is your spice tolerance i can eat like a few cheetos but not like the whole bag without drinking water okay that's my spice tolerance okay. and when i go to like korean tofu places the soup i always order it um mild oh okay mm -hmm. that's my spice tolerance <laughs> um and then the coke it was just coke and ice so there's nothing special about that but i will say that the design of the bag is very very nice mm -hmm. and the purple color is very on trend because purple in the bts fandom it's a special color however the way that they, the way that they designed the bag the purple it reminds me of um what i would say is millennial purple and uh, not millennial is gen z purple you know how people had millennial pink mm -hmm. I would say like Gen Z's color is like Gen Z purple, which the closest example of that I would think of is like Olivia Rodrigo's sour album cover. Like the background is like purple. So I would say that it's it's like a very light shade of Gen Z purple. Mm -hmm. And also the iPhone is also <laughs> coming up with the purple version. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I feel like purple is becoming a more and more popular color. My favorite color is purple. Really? It keeps on changing, but I I would say purple. Mm -hmm. So yeah, on that happy BTS Times McDonald's food collaboration review, that is the end of podcast episode 11. And tune in to our next episode where we continue our conversation about BTS, e-commerce, and more. Bye! Bye!